0: Thank you so much, thank you so much, thank you so much. Hey, it's, um, I'm so thankful for our church team. They're doing an awesome job. They changed the whole setting from this morning to tonight. We're always thinking about for every uh, church service, what could be the best setting uh, and then for the next service as well. And I wanna greet especially those people that are watching online. And let's give all those people, they're doing awesome job behind the st- stage, on the stage, a big round of applause. They're heroes. Come on, they're heroes. Woo. Hey, I want to I wanna, uh, preach about the Lord's Supper. I, I, I don't know, what is the Lord's Supper for you? Maybe it's only a symbol, the Old Testament, a piece of bread or wine or whatever. And I want to start with a story. Some years ago, many, many years ago, when I was a little bit younger, I, I had a friend of mine in our church and we came into a fight. And uh, we're not getting well anymore he left the church I still stick in the church you know and there was a moment when I said to God I'm so sorry forgive me maybe he has to forgive as well and I had these moments when I asked God for redeem me from these feelings you know and every time when I asked God for forgiveness I had a dream a nightmare about him and month after month after month this feeling was still in my soul have you ever had this feeling in your life you wanna hand it over to God, but in, the, in only one second, bump jumps on your back again. And the cool thing is, God always brings people across your life. They give you a teaching or they taught you something. And there was an old lady said, oh, it's no big deal. We can solve that problem with the Lord's Supper. <laughs> I thought, oh, really? Because I brought up Catholic and I know a lot about the Lord's Supper. And I took with her the Lord's Supper and I took the bread symbolic for heal my soul, my spirit and, 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 and my body. And then I took the wine and I asked God, redeem me and forgive me. To be really honest, when I took the Lord's Supper, I didn't felt anything. And I know sometimes you come to church and you feel nothing. Then you walk home and you're super frustrated, right? But the next day, I never had a nightmare again. Then the day later, the nightmare was gone. And after a week, I felt, whoa, that problem was gone forever. And that's the power of the Lord's Supper. Because you connect and you collide with heaven and heaven comes down and gives you a total new um, stage. And I wanna encourage you, if you have any challenges in terms of sickness, friendship, whatever, the Lord's Supper, it's such a powerful element. And I was wondering when um, was the first Lord's Supper or the community in the Bible. And often people say, oh, I don't like the Old Testament because when Jesus Christ came, it's the new covenant and the Old Testament is gone. No, it's not true because in the Old Testament, there are so many nuggets. And I wanna lead you to Abraham in the beginning of the Bible. And I think you will find yourself as well in that story. Because he had a challenge in his family, there were four kings fighting against Abraham's family, and Abram made a decision, I want to fight with God against those four kings. Genesis chapter 14, verse 17. After Abraham returned from defeating Kedro Lameer, and the kings allied with him, and now there is a coma. Have you ever wondered why is there a coma? In that Bible text, I want to explain you why there is a coma. Sometimes in your life, you have a breakthrough in your finances, in your family, at your workplace and say, "Whoa, It works. You will come as a God I will never doubt!" I can do it, you and me, we're the majority. Abraham was, woo, four kings defeated. The moment you lift up your hands, there is a comma, because the next challenge is always around the corner. Check this out, this Bible text, because when he was walking home, the Bible says, the king of Sodom, it means the name of Berah, son of the evil. And here is the point. The devil doesn't like if you're flourishing, blooming, booming, and blossoming in God, he will do everything in his power to stop the blessing of God in your life. The king of Sodom approached Abraham, came out in the king's valley. He walked into the place of anointing. And here is the point. When you're facing a challenging one obstacles and you are successful, I'm not here to make you mad, but the next challenge is always around the corner. Did you know that? But the cool thing is, if you're heading to a new challenge, God knows the weight you are able to carry. Because when Elijah was in the desert, God sent a raven to strengthen him. When Maria and Joseph in the New Testament, they were not secure, God sent some angels to say, don't worry. Don't be afraid. God is with you. God always sends the right people in the right season to encourage you in a season where you need encouragement. God sent Melchizedek. And I love the word. In verse 18, then Melchizedek came to Salem and brought bread and wine. Bread and wine in the Testament is always the Lord's Supper or Communion. And have you ever felt why in the world a communion is always on a table, always a table. There's no takeaway communion (laughs) or fast food communion. It's always a table. Abraham Melchizedek was on a table. When Jesus took the last supper, was on a table. When the first disciple took the Lord's Supper, was always on a table. The Jewish people eat Pesach always on a table. And here is the point. When in the Lord's Supper or a communion, I start to understand who God is. I come to God on that table with my weaknesses, but I will meet God in his strength. You come with your weaknesses, but I meet God on that table in his strength. The moment when I start praising God, Often people don't understand the power of praise and worship. Some people say, oh, I don't like praise and worship. I drink a coffee. When I hear the worship is over, then I walk in. It's not you. I hear this sometimes. I say, you don't understand. When you proclaim in praise and worship, when you proclaim in the Lord's Supper who God is, then God will proclaim in praise and worship in the Lord's Supper who we are. And you can see this actually in the life of Abraham. And Melchizedek said to him in verse 19 and 20, And he blesses Abraham saying, Blessed be Abraham by God most high, creator of heaven and the earth. And praise be to God the most high, you deliver your enemies into your hands. Now, cross the name Abraham and put in your name. When you praise God and praise and worship, when you take the Lord's Supper in your weaknesses, you proclaim who God is, then God will say, Leo, you are blessed with the God most high. He is for you and never against you. And then, next, the Bible says, check this out. When you say, giving 10% of your income, is religious. Abraham did it out of the blue because he was so thankful about the proclamation of God in his life. Do you understand the power when you take the Lord's Supper in your weaknesses, you meet God in his strength? And when I proclaim who God is in the seen and unseen world, God always will proclaim who you are. You are a son and daughter of God Almighty. Let's give God for that a big round of applause. So, now, now, now comes the question. I like, I like details. You know, I like details. Why a table? Why always a table? <laughs> Why a table? Here is the reason. When I see a crowd like this, and online as well, we will never be agree about everything, right? We have some people are in politics more right and some people more left, some people more for, oh, was for Donald Trump, and some people more for Biden, or some people more for Corona or against Corona vaccine or not vaccine. We will never be agree about anything, right? I preached two weeks ago about, is the corona a, a punishment of God? Google my message on German more than 500 comments from Christian and everyone, they will agree. No, they will not agree. When it comes to theology, we are not agree. Some people believe in prosperity and some people, they don't believe in prosperity and some people believe whatever you believe. When we have a church gathering with pastors from, for example, from the Pentecost church or from the Catholic church or from the Baptist church, whatever church they are, we will have a big debate of all the topics, right? We will be never agree about a takeaway Lord's Supper. The only moment when the church becomes united. It's the moment when we gather together around a table, and the Lord's table. It's not a moment where we fight. I am right, and you are flipping wrong. The Lord's table is not about money, position, theology, structure, whatever you believe. The Lord's Supper, it's never about me. That's the moment when I say to guys, shut up, it's not about you. I don't care what you believe, vaccine or not vaccine. It's not the topic here. That's the moment when churches Sitting, and we are united because the center is Jesus Christ. That's why it has to be always a table. Sit down, put your Insta status away. It's not about me, not about influencing the world. It's about Jesus Christ, and I connecting right now with the most powerful God, who heals, redeems, and forgives. Yeah, you understand you. that? So let's, let's go into three points, and then we will hear an amazing story. When, in the night before Jesus was betrayed, actually, the biggest fight ever, he took the bread and the loaf in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22 to 24, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he was given thanks and then he broke. Here's the word thanks. The word thanks means in the Greek language, oi charastia. Oi means good, charis, grace. Thank you for his good grace. Think for a moment. This was the last evening before Jesus was betrayed, and in the biggest fight, the biggest challenge, he said, thanks to God. How can you do that? How can you say thanks to God in a corona crisis? I want to share an amazing story I read this week. There's a pastor in America. He met an 87-year-old guy, an old man. He said to the old man, hey, I'm so sorry for you. COVID, it's not a good thing for you. Because you're very old. If you get infected, you can die. COVID must be super brutal for you. He wants to encourage the old man. <laughs> then the old man said, no, 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 no. I have survived the First World War, the Second World War, flu, and a lot of pandemics and are still alive. Corona is not the first challenge i faced in my life. You flipping young pastor. And then he said, many years ago, I made a decision. I made a decision. I don't see my life to the lenses of printed headlines. I made a decision not seeing my life to the printed headlines. I made the decision to write every single day my headlines with God. And yesterday I wrote a headline, I'm 87 years old and I'm still in love with my wife. I wrote a headlines. I'm 87 years old and I made new friends. I am 87 years old and I'm still on fire for the living God. How can you say thanks to God in a crisis? Easy, write your own headlines with God Almighty. And not Corona is strong. No, my headline is stronger than any pandemic. It happens around the world. My challenge right now to you guys, when you take the Lord's Supper, say thanks to God, write your own headline. Then after he said thanks to God, the next point is the bread stands for healing. And he said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I know you heard that point many, many times. But you have to understand when Jesus holds that bread in his hand. When I take bread, I go to the grocery store, to the bakery and buy some Swiss bread, right? But in the Jewish culture, in the Pesach, they had the matze bread. And the matze bread is different than to the bakery of Switzerland. Before I explain you the matze bread, when you see Jesus was hanging on the cross, this is a very, very brutal picture. And a lot of people say, I don't like that picture. So much blood and, and violence and, and I love the resurrection Christ, but not the blood moment, right? But Christ was pierced, striped, and it's a brutal picture. Where can you find Jesus in the Old Testament and even though in the New Testament it's in the matze bread. When Jesus took the matze bread in the Last Supper, there are three things when you're going very, very close. You see some stripes in the bread because in the book of Isaiah it's written, In the wounds of Christ we are healed. Then you see some pierces in the bread, and then the bread is a little bit burned. You say, oh, the oven of the Jewish people was too hot. The burned is by decision. Because the Bible says, the penalty of sin is death. That means we will burn in hell forever. And the burning element means the penalty of sin, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he died on my behalf that I can be free and healed forever. When the Jewish people, even Christ, took the Lord's Supper, the matzi bread, three signs, striped, pierced, and burned. And I really believe right now, when we take the Lord's Supper, it's not just a bread, it's a sign that the living God will heal my soul, my past, my body, and also my spirit. Can you give you a, a pastoral advice? In all the years when you're leading a church or running a church, sometimes people leaving the church, the ministry, whatever, and not every people that left your life, it was smooth, you right? Some people that left and we had some arguments and fights. But what I learned from the beginning of my ministry is, even though if I'm not agree about something or if we have, if we have a fight, You know what you can do is, you say, come on, can we take the Lord's Supper together? And the people say, oh, no, I don't want to do that because when we're on the table, we start to fight again. And I said, no, the table is not the table to fight, to discuss, let's sit together on the table, you on the left side, and I'm far away in the right side. (laughs) And what I want to do, I don't want to give the devil the glory. If you're not finish something strong, the devil sneaks in in your feeling. You're disappointed. You are hurt for many years. People say, don't mention that name because you have never sold that name in a proper way. And what I always did was there was a person, there was me and I said, we don't fight. We don't speak about this issue. But let's take the Lord's Supper. And we took the bread and said, God, heal me from all the disappointments. And then he said to God, heal me from Leo. Not a big deal because the table is not about me. It's about Christ. And then we took the wine and we asked for forgiveness. Then we embraced each other. And I've never seen those people again. But in my heart, if you mention that name, I have peace because I brought that person not in the hands of the devil, I brought that person to the table to Jesus Christ. You understand that? <laughs> I know a lot of people, they don't do that. A lot of people, they fight in front of a court. You're paying a lawyer millions and millions for the divorce, but they never used the lord's table who is for free i don't get it then when i want to close he took the wine the wine stands for forgiveness in the same way after the supper he took the cup saying this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood do this whatever you drink in remembrance of me you know the blood stands for forgiveness and i like the moment when you sip a drink like this mm running down here. Mm. So refreshing. And I say to myself, the blood of Christ is running to my wane. Forgiveness, power, and healing, and strength, and hope, and peace, and a future, and eternity, all lives in me. And my heart is beating the same beat like God's heart. You understand, when you come to the table of the Lord, there is healing, forgiveness, and power. And then when I get up after the Lord's supper, comes the last point. I go out and I proclaim God's power to the world. Do you know that? Because the Lord's supper, it changes your life. We have a peace, we have a hope, we have a testimony, to a lost world i got a phone call this week from nicola mcdormand she is from australia she was at the olympic games in tokyo and she won the silver medal in height jumping she was here this morning and uh, unfortunately she's not here because of training but she recorded her part in the studio for you guys what it means After the Lord's Supper, you get so much strength and you're going out and you share your testimony to the world. Let's give her still a hand on the screen. Nicola.
1: When Abraham was called by God to be a father of many nations, him and his wife were barren, old, and disqualified by the world's standards. Yet God gave him the miracle of a son called Isaac. And when Isaac had grown up, God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac on an altar. The only way that he could have seen his fulfillment of being a father was about to be taken away from him. And yet in obedience, he followed the voice of God because he preferred to be in the will of God than doing it his own way of pursuing a dream. And God honored him and saved Isaac and then fulfilled his ultimate dream of being the father of many nations. And sometimes God calls you to lay down your dreams in order to reach them. When I was eight years old, I got introduced to High Jump. It was the first time in my life I felt free and easy and having purpose of why I was so tall. And I got off the High Jump bags and I asked the age manager of my athletics club, what is the Australian record? And they said one meter 98. And I said, I am going to be the first Australian woman to jump over two meters and I'll go to an Olympics one day. Maybe that's why I'm so tall. Fast forward until 2017, I'm 20 years old. I'm training in Europe with an Olympic coach in the best facilities in the world, and yet I was so dissatisfied. I would pursued the dream my own way, and I'd left God out of it. I was believing the lie that I was only as valuable as my highest jump. When I recognized that it was a decision between God and sport, I made the decision to choose God because i realized that no high jump bar, no personal best, no performance would ever fulfill my heart. But the love of God, that's what brings the fire and passion in life. And so when I made that decision, I laid down my sport on the altar, just like Isaac. And God said, Nicola, I want you to go back into the sports world, but this time, do it my way. And I had such a joy and peace in that moment. I didn't know really where to begin, so I just started serving him. I told everyone about Jesus on the athletics track, in the gym, online, even when they didn't ask for it, I gave it to them (laughs) because I couldn't withhold my purpose and passion for life. And God kept on honoring me in that. My personal best year by year just increased and increased and increased. So fast forward to this year and at the Olympic trials, In Sydney, I went into the stadium and I had such a purpose and a passion to jump. There was immovable peace, unshakable hope. And in joy, I jumped two meters for the first time in Australian history. But even better than that, every newspaper and television channel was there that day because it was the Olympic trials. And they not only broadcasted my jump to the nation, they shared my testimony. And God was honored in every newspaper and every TV. And at the height of my career, with a world ranking of number one, I heard God's whisper again, to say, go to Europe before the Olympics. And that was the opposite of what everyone was telling me to do. The risk of traveling in the pandemic could potentially jeopardize my Olympics. But I considered it better to be in his will and potentially underperform at the Olympics than do an Olympics without him and be successful. And so I boarded the plane and came to Switzerland and spent the month here preparing before Japan. And when I came into the Olympics, I had such a determination and a love in my heart to make him known. It was free and fun because it was done his way, not my way. And as I was jumping in the stadium of stadiums at the Olympics, it was like I was a child again, like I was eight years old and I was just jumping into my father's arms it was free. And I jumped the highest I'd ever jumped in my life. Skainer, And she gets over it, she gets over it! Wow! wow. I jumped two metres zero two and broke the national record again. And I got the silver medal. The first silver medal in Australian high jump history for women since um, 1960s. So, we're going back for a long time. I never even dreamed of making an Olympic podium before. That eight-year-old dream didn't include it because I knew in my own strength, I wouldn't be able to reach it. But Jesus makes all things new. And when I was there, I could experience my dream in purity like God had always intended it. My value wasn't based on how high I jumped. I was doing it in freedom and in perfect love. In the end, high jump was always given to me to make his love known. It was always his will. He was there when I tried it for the first time. He was there before my mother had even birthed me. He was with me and had this plan over my life. And sometimes it requires surrendering your dreams and your hopes and your plans. But when you do, you experience his power in you. Whatever it takes, wherever He calls you, whatever you become, where the people persecute you, they reject you, they make fun of you. No barrier can stop you when the will of God is in you and you know that you are living a life for Him. You overcome every single barrier when you lay down your life because you take up His. It's not what you have to bring to the table. Jesus created miracles of feeding thousands of people with a few loaves and fishes. And sometimes I just have to give my all to Him. But in His hands, He feeds millions of people with a testimony that allows them to dream again. Sometimes you give Jesus everything and He is all that you have. But in Him, you have all you have ever needed. I wanna encourage you. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all else will be added. Live that out in your life, and see your dreams not only impact your family, community, and nation, but
0: impact people's eternity. Come on! <clears throat> Woo-hoo! Hey, recorded for you guys live in the studio. It's not just somewhere recorded. She was here this morning. An amazing story, actually. What I love about the story: she laid down her life completely. She surrendered everything on that table, and she jumped higher than ever. And she became a witness for Jesus Christ around the world, around the globe. You have a, a Lord's Supper under your chair or you, you, got, you got it when you, you came in and then you're watching online. Just take a piece of bread or, and also some wine. And I would love to take the Lord's Supper with you guys because I believe right now that God will heal you right now and God will forgive you, restore you right now. And, The first thing, take out the bread. You have to take away the the plastic a little bit. And there's a piece of bread. And I love that bread because it reminds you the stripes pierced and burned, that bread. And Jesus Christ will heal you right now. Maybe you are bitter or sour against someone or you get mobbed or you have a physical need in your life. And I wanna pray right now while we're taking the bread that right now, Jesus Christ, the Son of God will heal you right now. Just take the bread. And thank you Jesus Christ that in your wounds we are healed. One word spoken from your mouth that the spirit of sickness and Jesus always when he prayed for sick people, he cast out the spirit of sickness, spirit of fever, the spirit of blindness, spirit of depression, spirit of being single for too long, spirit of divorce, knee problems heart issues whatever you're going through right now i command that the spirit of sickness has to leave your body right now not in my name in the name of jesus christ the most high god in that name where all the knees are will bow down and proclaim that jesus christ is my lord and Savior. I want to. I pray for all those people they have gone through horrible seasons some setbacks some disappointments in their relationships I want to ask you Father God heal their soul that that soul has no space anymore that the devil has a hold on heal right now those moments when Jesus took the wine and said this is my wine it's a sign for the new covenant you are forgiven you belong to the family of God and while you take the wine remind yourself I am forgiven the grace of God is stronger than my past the grace of God is stronger than my future it's not because I deserve it because I'm cool and hip it's because of the name of Jesus Christ (laughs) and I pray right now that the blood of Jesus Christ is running through your veins it's not your natural blood anymore If heaven's blood is running to your veins And I pray that my heart is beating in the same rhythm That your heart, God, my Father is beating What breaks your heart shall break my heart too What you're passionate about it, I want passion too I can hear, I can see, I can feel the same way you feel right now Because heaven is running to my wings. I believe right now, some people in this building, you're here for the very first time. You feel right now, God wants to be your best friend. You only one prayer away to be saved. Say, Christ, I need you. I failed, I did horrible things. Forgive me, please come in my life. That's a very simple prayer. For those people, you are following Christ for many, many years. The person asked me this qu- the morning, this question, when I take the Lord's Supper, do, you, do I feel every time something? I said, no. But an anchor, do you see an anchor? No, but it gives stability by a vote. And often it's too much feeling, there's a truth. We are fixed, stable in God Almighty. It fixes my soul, my body and my mind. And that's what the Lord's Supper does. If I proclaim the goodness of God, God will proclaim in the unseen world and the seen world, who God sees me and you as well. At a song, we sing this song, I will say for the last three song, Sundays. And I want to explain you this song, why I chose this song. That's the lyric in the song, Don't tell me. <laughs> Don't tell me. And that's not like a usual worship song. You should say, we'll say it. Like Swiss nature, don't tell me. But this song is I am so angry, I am so mad. Devil, don't tell me. I believe right now, too many people you believed in your story, you believed what I experienced in what it is. The devil said, You're not good enough, you're not smart enough. That song is for me. I have liked. A head like this, I get red. I get mad. Do you feel it? (laughs) Hey, a Swiss guy who is neutral preaching to internationals. That means I believe it. The God is good. Can we stand for a moment? When you sing that lyric, whatever you have going through, whatever happened in your life, whatever you have experienced in your life, say, Devil, don't tell me! You see? You feel? Not like, oh, don't tell me. Can you ask you to do a favor? Don't sing this song like a nice, cozy worship song. Sing this song as a statement, as a statement. God is and always will be so good. Don't tell me. Come on, church. Lift up your voice in faith. Don't tell me. Hey, thanks for watching.